You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church or service times or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. Hello again. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> you know, commitment. want to share just something, just as I wrap up the Street Connect aspect, was that, you know, two years ago, I believe we, we had like, an, like a test of how committed we were going to remain, because I've seen so many Christian works that have started Christian, and that have watered and filtered down what they're about, and ended up effectively maybe being Christian in name, but they're not even allowed to share the gospel in their work, because they've received money that's restricted that. And we had this, a big funder came a few years ago and said, we love what you're doing, but we've changed our giving strategy. And we see that um, we see that your job, all your job descriptions carry alive and are a general occupational requirement of a live and active Christian faith. Mm-hmm. He says, so if you take that out, we'll give you all this money. And I said, look, um, I can pretty much guarantee the answer to that's going to be no. I'll speak to our board, but um, you know, if we take that out, we rip the heart out of who we are. Yeah, because this is who we are, and this is what we do. Exactly. And I went back and I basically says, this is a suspected no, we won't do that. She came back and says, we don't normally do this, but we'll give you it towards something that doesn't carry that. Long story short, we lost a lot of money. But do you know the following month, I believe, because we stood for God, do you know, yeah. we had more coming in in one month than we had the whole previous year. Yeah. Mm. That's not a coincidence. That's, That's because it. we stood for God yeah, and we were committed to him and his purposes. So I'll also, as I move into the message, there's some literature out the back on the table. So if you want to, please keep us in your prayers. If there's any way you want to get involved more or if you'd want to support the work financially, we've got some forms and things out the back that we'd appreciate your ongoing support. So can I ask you another question here? Who here has been blessed with a beautiful wife? Oh, yeah. Well, all the men, hands right in here. Very quickly as well. Women, is it, who here has been blessed with an amazing husband? Not so fast. Not so fast. Oh, ladies, come on. Guys, gold star. The ladies were a bit slow in the uptake on that one, but men of the house, we are truly blessed. And I can see how quick those hands went up, so we know how blessed we are. But do you know, I look at society today, and I think a large amount of the problems that we see in society can be traced back to a lack of commitment. Mm. You know, what do you mean, you might ask? But I think today people don't take the commitment and the vows that we make before God in marriage. And it's too easy to say, you know, oh, this isn't quite working for me. I'm not happy here anymore. This isn't meeting my needs. And... When we think back maybe as little as 70 to 80 years ago when people went into marriage, it was not seen as a lifetime thing. It's a commitment you're making and you you work through the difficulties. Because who also knows that marriage isn't easy? That it actually takes quite a bit of work, doesn't it? 
You know, it takes quite a lot of sacrifice, you know, of thinking of another person. Do you know, I thought when I first became a Christian 12 years ago, and leading up to um, when I was getting married, I thought I'm actually doing quite well at this Christian walk. You know, but then I quickly, I got married, kids were on the scene, and I started seeing things coming up that I'd not seen for a long time. I started to realise, what on earth, where is this coming from? Because, and then I started to realise how selfish I still was and how much I still needed to change and grow in my life. But one thing is when me and my wife entered into that, we've both, you know, just the other day, joked and we shaked our hands and we went, we're in this for the long haul because... It is, a ch- it is challenging, isn't it? Yeah. And it can be difficult because we make that commitment till death do us part. But I know, I do know there is some reasons. So here, don't hear me wrong if you know, I do know that there is some occasions where you know it's right to leave a marriage for um, various reasons. But I also think that even more so, a lack of commitment to a lot of the issues we're seeing in our society today is God. You know, in the UK, we've pushed God out, you know, out of the way. I was in a prayer meeting recently and I heard someone saying about us being a Christian nation. And I thought, we're not a Christian nation now. You know, we're actually classed as a secular society. You know, we're no longer Christian for Bible-believing Scotland, as it was once known, and that is so far from the truth of um, what we see today. But it's not all doom and gloom because God is on the move, isn't it? God is on the move. We see it through a Western mindset, but do you know the church is on the rise? God is moving powerfully. I heard someone was telling me that in South Korea, over 80% people are Christian. And do you know on a Sunday worship in China alone, there's more people worshipping on a Sunday in China than there is in the whole of Western Europe. God is on the move. But in our society, as we see it, you know, I think largely because you push God out of society, start to make your rules impose man's rules. I mean, we just need to see the laws and things getting passed in today's society too. I don't need to go into them because we've pushed God out. But that's okay. The Bible's full of examples where cycles of where God gets pushed out and he comes back around. So I'm believing that one day we will be Bible believing Scotland again, you know, and we will see yes. um, God's people rising up. There's always a remnant, you know. Elijah thought he was alone, but what did God say? No, there's a, a preserved a remnant. There's always a remnant of God's people that are committed to serving Him wholeheartedly and seeing God's will come here in this nation. I've been focusing on white, um, marriage and wider society, but what about within the church? Has God's people lost their commitment to their first love? It can happen. You know, we can have the most passionate, we can have a you know, powerful conversion, a transformation, but the day-to-day grind of life can grind us down and we can lose that commitment that we maybe once had. You know, because we talk about the impact of a lack of commitment in wider society here in the UK, but more so if there's a lack of commitment to God within the church. 
And come on, look at the messes some churches are in today as a result of that. Yeah. You know, even we speak of laws being passed um, nationally. But what about um, some of the decisions that have been make, made in certain denominations? And what's been allowed into the church? And why is that? And I just think it's a lack of commitment to God's ways and his purposes. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and I think if people, if the church would walk wholeheartedly with their saviour, seeking him wholeheartedly, would things be different in our churches today? Of course they would be. Yeah. If people yeah. grasp hold of God and continue to seek him wholeheartedly, right. we'll see his kingdom come Amen. here in the UK, here in Scotland, yes. here in Bowness, here in this church, Jesus. and in the lives of those in our communities. So I spoke about the church, so now I'm okay to make this personal. <laughs> I can get away with this, can't I? I'm visiting, I'm out of here again. I'll leave Tom to um, mop up. <laughs> you know, so is this my role? Is my event? You know, Street Connect is outworking of my role as an evangelist. You know, I, I work out of my um, local pastor's role within Glasgow City Church. But I love to come around the other churches and I just felt this was a message that God had laid on my heart as I was preparing what I was going to say. So let me ask you a question. How committed are you? Are you personally, how committed are you to God? Now let's look what the word of God has to say on this. And my key text this morning is a verse that I've been thinking about for a few weeks now. And it's the first half of 2 Chronicles 16.9. And it reads, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Fully committed to him. But before, before I, we unpack that particular verse, there's three other verses in the book of 2 Chronicles that I want to look at. I mentioned, you know, you see you see cycles even within the Word of God, even within one book. In two Chronicles, it's been a story of a number of kings of Judah and ones that were fully committed to God, ones that were partly committed and ones that just weren't committed and the impact that that had on that nation because the people had lost their way or because the people were fully committed to God's purposes. We've seen God's hand of blessing and how the nation prospered. And we've seen that going round on a number of occasions. But more often than not, because the leader wasn't fully committed, the king of that day. In 2 Chronicles 12, 14, it says, He did evil because he had not set his heart on seeking the Lord. So I want to look at three levels of commitment. So I'm going to begin first of all with pretty much no commitment. This is this um, particular verse is referring to King Rehoboam, who was the son of King Solomon, who was the son of King David. 
Now we know David is spoken of as a man that was after um, God's own heart. And Solomon started well, but he didn't finish well. Yeah. And by the end, he'd let things creep in. Things of the world, really, just as we can do. Today, Solomon had let things creep in, and he'd had a man who had, you know, we started by saying, you know, who here is blessed with, a, with an amazing wife? Here's a man who had hundreds mm-hmm. of wives and hundreds of concubines. How we man, how we man is that? I don't know. Yeah. Or we could say yes. In fact, we'll not go. We'll not go into that one. So. But yes. So. But what happened is he started marrying. He started disobeying God's laws and marrying women out with um, what God had ordained. And as a result, they started impacting him, worshiping false gods, felt us through it, his family, and then rises up. His son. And his son, Rehoboam, had a chance to make things right. He had a chance. The people came and said, if you um, loosen the weight of pressure that your dad had put on us, then we will serve you. And he was like, he went and spoke, got advice, godly advice, who said, do it. Just, and then went to his friends of his own age and says, he says, no. So he came back to him, no, in fact, you think my dad was heavy on his I'm going to increase the load. So what happens is the nation splits. And he ends up leading the nation of Judah and the nation of Israel goes under other leadership who then, they just completely end up away from God. But it said of Rehoboam, he did evil because he had not set his heart on seeking the Lord. Now we've all heard of the law of cause and effect. The decisions we make and the choices we make have consequences. And ultimately, either that's for better or for worse. And it doesn't just affect us either. It affects our families. It affects those round about us. It affects our wider community. And even beyond anyone within our sphere of influence, the choices we make have consequences. We hear that here. Solomon made choices. His son made a choice. And look at the impact it had on him, had on the kingdom, and had on the people. So the choices we make have an impact. And depending on our level of influence and power, it can have detrimental or empowering consequences on others. So we need to be thinking about the choices that we make. So in this verse, why did this particular king do evil? And I just need to go back and read part of that verse. Because he hadn't set his heart on seeking the Lord. If we truly seek God and seek his kingdom purposes, we can't but do the right thing before him because God soon lets us know, doesn't he? I've had that where I've been seeking God and there's been this thing keeps coming and it's actually been, if I've not wanted to deal with it, what's happened is I've found myself because I know if I go to the Word or go to prayer, this issue's going to come up again and I'm, I would be like, so I've found early on in my Christian walk, it, it, it actually made me, and you know, it led me down a really dark road for a while. 
because I wasn't willing to deal. But if you're truly seeking God and willing to do what he says, then it draws us closer to him and it can't but lead us in his ways. But this king had made a decision not to seek the Lord. His heart was set on not seeking God. Because if we don't, we just see the impact that that has. We can, you could go on and read that story for yourself. But what we can learn from that verse is that the choices we make are so important. Yeah, that's right. And particularly when it comes to our commitment level in relation to our Creator. So you might ask, so what can lie between a complete lack of commitment and being fully committed to God? And we're going to look at another verse from 2 Chronicles again that shows this semi-commitment. So we're just going to look at another king from 2 Chronicles and it's from 25.2 and this is King Amaziah. And it says, he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord but not wholeheartedly mm. Mm. ouch mm-hmm. yeah it's quite hard some hard hitting truths in that and I'm going to unpack that a bit so it might get a little uncomfortable because it does, when I'm first reading it as well I'm thinking do you know I might be speaking this stuff but do you know it challenges me yeah. because he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. So sometimes that, what that is actually saying is that we can do the right things, but sometimes that's not enough. Because God is also concerned with our motives, with our heart position. Because King Amaziah, his heart position wasn't right. But yet, to others, it looked like he was doing the right thing. So what is the right thing? Unless we are are wholeheartedly committed to the Lord, we're not going to experience the fullness of what he has for us. As individuals, as a church, as a community, a community of wholeheart of believers who are wholeheartedly committed to seeking God. Imagine the impact we could make in our communities if that was the case. You might be in church here today, effectively what it says here, doing the right thing, yet your heart is not fully committed to the Lord. You might not have that wholehearted devotion to him. Although outwardly, others may may appear, you know, we're in church, we're doing some of the right things. But God sees the heart and he sees the level of commitment that we have to him. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. God sees our heart and he knows, doesn't he? Because God wants our whole lives You know, it's not just about doing the right thing, as it says here. It's about wholehearted devotion, true love for him. Because when we don't do this, it has devastating consequences. Let's look at Amaziah. He originally listened, so the prophet of God came to him. 
And it was a big battle. He says, go, and I'm going to give you a great victory. And he listened. To the natural eye, it might have looked like impossible, but God granted him this amazing, this huge victory for the nation. But then what happened is his heart wasn't fully committed to God. So he was doing some of the right things. He started seeking after other gods, letting the culture round about him influence. You know, and today I can be influencing the church, but influencing his kingdom. And what happened was he went into another battle, but it wasn't a battle that God was going to give him the victory in. And as a result of that, the nation was completely defeated. And things started going really grim for Judah from then on. So what is the result of doing the right thing without wholehearted devotion? And how did that happen for a king who was complete, was doing the right thing and, you know, was taking God's advice? In verse 27 of chapter 25, from, that, from the time that Amaziah turned away from following the Lord. So his heart position wasn't right before God. He allowed himself to then start to focus and be effectively culture and society there to influence him and ultimately turning away from following the Lord. People, please let that not be any of us here today. Because this can be an opportunity for us today to look at your heart commitment, the position of your heart, and ask yourself the difficult question, are you fully committed? If not, Let's get ourselves right with him before it can have devastating effects on our lives, on our families, and to wider society. Let's check our heart position today. So what about full commitment? 2 Chronicles 31.21 says, In everything that he undertook in the service of God's temple, And in obedience to the law and the commands, he sought his God and worked wholeheartedly. And so he prospered. So how did he prosper? It was through wholehearted devotion, being fully committed. The first part of verse 21 says, in everything he undertook. And it finishes, he sought his God and worked wholeheartedly. What a statement in everything. It's every area of his life. I say in everything, it must mean absolutely everything. He put God first. In his family, yeah. in his personal life, in his, um, in his responsibility as a king, leading a nation. In absolutely everything. Yeah. Are we honouring God with everything in our lives, every area? Even how we spend our time. You know, one of the blessings of today is this. But how much does this often get in the way of our walk with God? It does with me, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I can be, who here, every time they think, right, I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying. And this is sat and it just goes, and you're like, 
<laughs> and you're distracted. And you're like, right, who's... And then you get back, and before you know it, or you could be, you're up, before you know it, you're sat on the internet, and then you're looking at, for me, looking at sport and answering emails. And about 20 minutes it's gone, and I'm thinking, well, I'm supposed to be actually having my quiet time. Does anyone else do that, or is that just me? Am I weird, or is that, does anyone else find himself in that situation? Yeah. You know, honouring God with everything. Sometimes I just need to shove that out of the way completely because the distractions you know as much of a blessing as modern technology can be there's also distractions yeah. but in the choices I make with my family you know the how I spend my time <laughs> is that me? <laughs> <laughs> who was that? <laughs> come on show yourself <laughs> is it important or is it distracting you from what God is saying look at that <laughs> okay, I couldn't have used a better example to emphasise the point I was trying to make. Thank you very much. Whoever that was, sir. In everything, in absolutely everything. You know, when I was preparing my notes, it couldn't but remind me of the New Testament, New Testament counterpart verse in Colossians three twenty-three. Whatever you do. Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for man. Yeah. And whatever you do, so whatever you do, that could be easily translated back to what it says in um, two, verse in 2 Chronicles, in everything. Mm. You're doing it as you do it unto the Lord. Cleaning in the house, when you're chatting with your wife, mm. when you're, you know, in everything we do, honouring him. Well, the last four words in 2 Chronicles 31, 21 says this, and so he prospered. Mm-hmm. Does anyone in here want to prosper? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. And I'm sure you do. So what do we need to do to prosper? You know, I'm, I'm a very practical person. And I find the word of God so practical. Isn't it? You can apply this to our day-to-day life. What it says, what do we need to do? Effectively, it's as simple as seeking God and doing it wholeheartedly. That's yeah. what this verse says. And so he prospered. Yeah. When we honour God in everything, in every area of our life, we're going to prosper. You know, doesn't mean you might be sitting... Sitting in your house, throwing that ball, um, thousands and thousands of money, lying in this big pool of money. But that's not just what prosperity is in God's eyes. No. Financial prosperity might be part of that, as long as you're going to give it out at the other end. You know, God gives to people that steward his the resources wisely, but prospering yeah. is, is, could be psychologically, spiritually, in your community. You know, yeah. There's so many aspects to prospering that's not just financial. God wants us to prosper and prosper for his kingdom, making a difference in our communities. And it's not just about our individual prosperity, it's about our families and it's about the wider community. Do we want to see Bowness prosper? Do we want to see the people of Bowness transformed and see Christ's kingdom come? Of course we do. To do that, it starts with us. It starts with us wholehearted commitment to Christ. This is how we prosper in life. And it can't help but spill out into the lives of those round about us. 
When we are whole, wholehearted devotion to him, yeah. it affects everything. Because we change. Rather than when we're not, ah, you know, we're looking, they're doing my head in. Oh, why don't they change this? Why don't... And God's like, why don't you change? Mm-hmm. You know? Start looking at them to change. What about you? Yeah. You know, you've got these areas because we've all got areas where we need to change. You know, and when I'm, when I'm not thinking or if I'm feeling tired, I can do that starting to look at others when really, I think, wait a minute, your thinking here is pretty rotten. Yeah. You know, what about your attitude here? Yeah. Let's sort you out. And when you sort you out, what happens? You start to soon <coughs> see that people respond differently when you respond differently. Yeah. And you take the responsibility on yourself. It's about us changing, being committed to him, and it impacts because Jesus is contagious. Amen. When we spend time with him, people know. Well, they don't maybe not know, but they see something. You know, it always reminds me, it makes me think of Moses. When Moses was with the Lord, he came out and his face, the countenance, was shining. You know, they had to put a veil over him. That I am shining that much. Does anybody have that problem where they spend that much time with God that they have to put the veil over because we're shining so much for him? I don't. But I would love to. Yeah. You know, the more time we put into our relationship, our walk with him, the greater others are going to see Jesus in us. It sounds simple, doesn't it? Yeah. But in reality, it's not that easy, is it? You know, we have the distractions of life. But if we make the effort, we can start to see things shifting when we wholeheartedly seek him and his kingdom purposes. So let me ask you, which of these three states best describes the state of your heart right now? Is your heart not set on seeking the Lord, but on seeking other things? Are you doing the right things, yet not wholeheartedly or in everything are you seeking God wholeheartedly before you answer that let's go back to our key verse in finishing 2 Chronicles 69a for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him so God is looking The Bible says there, God is looking throughout the whole earth. God is looking throughout Scotland. He's looking around Bowness. He's looking right here in Riverview Church this morning for a people whose hearts are fully committed to him. He says, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. So it says that God wants to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You know, so it sounds to me that he's saying he wants to strengthen people, but those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Are our hearts fully committed to him? God wants to strengthen us. Commit yourself to him this morning. Not just this morning. Make that commitment. Wholehearted devotion because the Lord wants that for each of us because he's got so much for each of us. Back to that verse I mentioned when I was doing the Street Connect presentation. 
unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his great power at work within us. And I believe that speaks to those that are fully committed to him. Because God wants to strengthen those that are fully committed. And when we take steps of faith, when we fully commit to him, the things that he can do in our personal lives, the things that he can do through our lives and the things he can do in our community are greater than we could ever think, hope or imagine. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's according to his great power at work within us. Amen. But it begins with commitment. So I'm going to th- finish by asking you those three questions again. Where is your heart position this morning? Are you not seeking God? But are you seeking other things? Or are you doing the right thing, yet not wholeheartedly? Or in everything, like that last um, king we looked at, you've set your heart to wholeheartedly seeking after God.